Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. We have some fresh stories for everyone here. Fresh to A little death. bit more of the same, a little, a little new stuff, but stuff you need to know nonetheless. That is true. But before we get into this, I need just the community to help me solve a mystery. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's just, it's one of those ones where I'm like, huh? This is so odd. Okay. So on my personal IG, like the the Sammy Whammy, my personal one, which like honestly, I post what every five months. Like I should mm-hmm. use it more. I use it to scroll and all of that and like whatever. We've got enough IGs that, you know, takes up enough of my time. Say lovey. But I've had this weird thing happen recently where a dude will follow me. It'll always be like a private account. The little profile picture looks like a cute, like normal guy. Like keep in mind, my type is like lightly preppy frat bro with mm. like an underbelly of nerdiness. Mm. Regardless, Stunning. (laughs) Stunning. (laughs) If anyone has any interested parties, please apply at the DMs. Thank you very much. But nonetheless, and they have to be brunette. That's just like a non-negotiable. Anyways, Mm. getting back to this story, what's so weird is so like I'll see one and obviously sometimes like a guy might see you on a dating app and they follow you or, you know, just whatever. Somehow you come across their page and they just like give you a follow. That part's not weird. What's weird is every time I go back, I'm like, hmm, just in case, like, I also am so forgetful in terms of people I meet. I'm curious. Like, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if I know this person. And so I'll follow them back. And every single one in, like, the last, I don't know, two, three weeks has then unfollowed me and disappeared. Yeah, that's really weird. So weird. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so what's the POV here? Like, if you're going to be, like... And I'm public too. So if you say you saw me on Hinge and you're like, okay, first of all, my IG isn't attached to my last name's not on there. But say you are just FBI. You stalk me down. You're like, oh, okay, let's see what this girl. I've been able to find people on Hinge without an Instagram link or a last name. Oh, don't get me. Don't get me started. My favorite. (laughs) Some of my best work. I think my favorite favorite is when they're wearing a t-shirt of a sport that they played in college. And then you just look up their roster <laughs> yeah. pictures. Yes, I've been there as well. It's a classic. But roster pictures aside, one theory could be like, oh, are they like finding you on TikTok and it's some conservative dude vibe? But it's not that. Because then no, they I think just... it might be something because I've started to get some weird follows. Not weird, but they like are 
people that don't seem like I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I know them because they, you know, mm-hmm. their their name or their picture looks like someone like run of the mill people that would follow me or whatever. But I think now I think with our socials for the girl on the gov, I bet there's a lot of people finding our personals through that. And then if we follow back, they're going to be like, oh, shit. Well, I don't I just wanted to like. Yeah. Like I didn't Hello, sign up for sneaky. that. Yeah, exactly. I think also if I got like, look, my pay- my personal IG is not exactly like a bastion of followers. Right. Like, right. So it's Same. very obvious when I get a follower, like I get the notification, I actually see it. And I think they must assume that like, oh, like she's they have not a public profile elsewise. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me, I like to unfollow and or what you call remove follow and block every single bot I get. So I'm on it. Yeah, My eyes are on it. But anyways, that's just a weird mystery. It could be that I just it was so odd to me that it was like I don't know, not bot like guys or just weird the weird creepies because sometimes I get weird creepies. But these are like guys like we would be friends with that typically you know would be hinge dates guys in our friend groups. Well, I even get like, like girls huh. who do that. Like See, I, I don't get you the get, story about the girl. That is the weirdest story. That one girl. But yeah, I don't know. I know. It's odd. And I have like I feel like with the girls, I'll get like I actually put a story up for once in my life because it snowed and it was cute. It was having a moment. And that's that's all I'll give it because we know how I feel about snow in general and cold weather. It was like such a random obscure story, no location on it, nothing, like nothing that was like searchable. Like you would have to follow me to see it. You know what I mean? And I had like some random girls like on the views and I was like, who are these people? Yeah. I don't know. I know. I'm, all I can say is I'm being talked about in someone's group chat and I'm (laughs) so excited about it. I know. That's like at the end of the day, all you could ever ask for, you know, it's just... I'm that interesting. <laughs> I'm so interesting. We love attention. We um, do. We do. I was but... told I had main character energy the other night by a boy. And then this morning I was looking at, you know how like Wakeheart gave us these really cute candles a while back? There's like inside, there's like a line and it says main character energy yeah. only. And I was like, God, I already damn used it, up that whole candle. But anyways, let's get into these stories, yeah, these top stories of the week. And Unfortunately, we have to go back into the wonky government funding of it all and the Congress of it all. And so government funding is expiring on Friday. And Democrats announced last night that, and this is this would be Sunday night, there has been some progress in the talks over the fiscal year 2023 omnibus spending package. So due to this, House and Senate Democratic leaders will hold off on rolling out their own version of the omnibus package today, aka Monday. And so a little statement from Senate Appropriations Committee Chair Patrick Leahy from Vermont, shout out, said... Chairman Leahy feels that sufficient progress in negotiations took place over the weekend to delay the introduction of the omnibus appropriations bill for the time being. Bipartisan and bicameral negotiations continue. So behind the scenes, there have been some progress, but not a ton. So Democrats canceled a readout of their version of the omnibus, which is when Democratic and Republican staffers on the appropriations panels go through their entire package. So we're talking about roughly $1.7 trillion bill that's a couple of thousand pages long. So this is a arduous task, to say the least, Samantha. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, can you imagine sitting through... No. 
that readout. I don't know who's more bored though. You know what I mean? The staff, like the people that are listening to it or the people saying it, because as much as obviously this stuff is super important and it is all in the details, that is just, you know, I like to believe that those people doing that's a bipartisan issue are boredom. Well, just love it. They're nerds. You know, they're these policy nerds. I also just don't understand like, like people who like accounting, you know, mm-hmm. or even finance. I'm like, boring numbers. Some um, that's also like, coming from us who literally messed up an addition calculation multiple what? times. Oh, every day. But anyways, cancellation of the readout coupled with the Leahy announcement was seen as good news, apparently. So, however, there's really Ooh. no deal on a, quote, top line number of overall fiscal year 2023 spending. The two sides continue to fight over spending on social programs. Republicans refuse to go along with, quote, parity in spending increases for both defense and non-defense programs, arguing Democrats already got lots of new money for climate change and other progressive initiatives in the Inflation Reduction Act. And Democrats counter that Republicans are shortchanging veterans programs by $10 billion, as well as other social safety net initiatives. This is the second time in one year where the Republicans have tried to screw veterans. And it's just so interesting because they play themselves as the party of patriotism. American flag this, American flag that. I mean, this has long been an issue, but it's just particularly interesting after the fist bumps of trying to block the burn pit bill. Eventually, Mm -hmm. obviously it passed, but still that moment. And now this, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, the programs that you want to cut stuff to involve veterans? Well, it's also just just interesting, like, and this was something, a big, like, talking point in the election was, like, Republicans don't have solutions. They don't have issues they fight for, like, and I think a big part of why we feel that way, especially in this moment, is because they haven't been in power for a couple years now. But it's, like, I'm kind of interested to see now that they will have a little bit of house control, like, if they are going to push through some policy or show us any any type of priorities for them, issue-wise or whatever, now that they could potentially try and get some stuff passed, they have one of the chambers. So it's like, what are you going to do about it, you know? But yeah, the veterans thing, they just more shortchanging for veterans programs. Classic. So how will this all play out? Well, there isn't going to be a shutdown, apparently, but there's also virtually no chance that Congress can finish work on everything by the Friday deadline. And so there'll need to be at least one more continuing resolution. And so another big question is, can Congress complete action on an omnibus by Christmas, which really means December 23rd? Maybe, but there has to be a top line deal very, very soon to do that. And Democrats have largely drafted an omnibus, as we noted, so appropriators can move forward on a funding package quickly once there's a top line deal. So it will take the Senate several days to work through the measure, although Punchbowl are big believers in, quote, Senate magic. Sam and I, we'll we'll say, but when recesses or holidays approach. So then the House would pass the bill, hopefully, and send it to President Joe Biden. So, again, Democrats are preparing for some backup plans in case they can't pass the omnibus and they could offer a year long CR at fiscal year 2022 levels with, quote, anomalies, those policy changes needed for federal agencies to operate effectively during that period. But a CR means no earmarks. So, earmarks are like little edits and amendments and such. Democrats, though, are also looking at offering a year-long CR with earmarks as an added incentive for Republicans. 
Holy wonkiness. Republicans wonky, would, wonky, wonky. <laughs> would very likely reject this effort. The Pentagon would object to another year at current funding levels as well. So Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has floated passing a short-term CR into early 2023, which is after Republicans take over the House. Democrats do not want to deal with that whatsoever. So Punchbowl still believes there'll be an omnibus deal. House and Senate leaders need to move fast, which hasn't been a trait of the 117th Congress. But there's still a strong desire on all sides to wrap up everything by Christmas and leave town with lawmakers then not returning till January 3rd, which would be the first I mean, day of the new Congress. Anything for Santa. Come on. Anything now. for Santa. Anything for those gifts under the tree. Mitch McConnell. Wonder what he's getting. Wonder what's on I, his list. Wait, that is such an interesting question. There can be content made, but okay. anyways, okay. So one thing to remember: Congress has yet to deal with Ukraine funding, and the White House is seeking thirty-seven billion dollars in new economic and military aid for Ukraine as it fights off the Russian invasion. Biden spoke with the president of Ukraine on Sunday. Biden quote, reaffirmed the U.S. commitment to continue providing Ukraine with security, economic, and humanitarian assistance at the White House. And the Senate is expected to complete work on the annual defense authorization bill this week. The NDAA is being considered as a, quote, message from the House, which will speed up the floor process in the Senate. It only takes a simple majority vote to get on to the bill and just one cloture vote. And McConnell and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer are still negotiating amendments. You know what? We also forgot to talk about how Chuck Schumer was one of the ones we saw on the Senate floor when we were in D.C. And Steve, that's not my we first heard time his... seeing Chuck in person. So but that we one like was heard his... dramatic. He, we heard his voice first. Oh, of course. It's and we're like, so... oh, where is he? <laughs> there he is. There he is. Huh? Honestly, I was thinking about this earlier, too, because I was, you know, touching on Louisiana politics this morning because, one, they had a runoff this past weekend. And two... This year, they've got some mega elections, including a governor's race. And then obviously, I was thinking about Bill Cassidy and how we saw him. It was an essential image of him. He was like making, you know, when someone chews gum or they're chewing a piece of hay and it's like this like full mouth dynamic happening. He's like That's what he tobacco. was doing. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of these images of like, I don't know, I farm like i don't know i'm not articulating yeah. this well but i was like oh yeah there is your wonky ass government spending so updates the other thing i did want to mention is mm. next gen posted great little instagram graphic moment about the lame duck session and let me pull it up because there are things that you need to get done it's the lame quack Okay. But there are things that we should be pushing Congress to get done in this lame duck session. So obviously we got the marriage equality thing passed, which is great. But other things that are on the line are protecting DACA, protecting our election results with the Electoral Count Act and banning deadly assault weapons. So those are things that we can lobby our Senate and House representatives to work on and hopefully push for. Again, we will be losing power in the House very shortly. So if there's anything we can push as constituents and calling senators and such about some of these things that we can hopefully put some pressure on for this lame duck session, 
obviously they seem very busy with all this government spending stuff, but it's always good to make your voice heard and let them know what you want to see. That's fair. That is fact. And we'll be sharing action items, reminders to call your reps, et cetera, et cetera, on our socials. So make sure you're following at Girl on the Gov and at Girl on the Gov podcast. Now on to this next story. The Biden administration is reinstating a task force that is aimed at helping immigrants and refugees integrate into the U.S. The task force on new Americans will be run by the Domestic Policy Council. The focus will be workforce training, education, and financial access, as well as language learning and the health of immigrants who have green cards and other types of legal status, according to the White House. A version of the task force has been in existence off and on since the mid-2000s. Wow, they really make that sound like it was 1950, you know? The mid two thousands. I mean, kind of was so long ago. Yeah. So there's there's that. I don't know. I well, okay. Back to time was an illusion. Into this story. Anyways, most recently under former President Barack Obama, before it lapsed under Donald Trump, whose restrictive policies were aimed at allowing as few immigrants into the U.S. as possible. The Biden administration's approach to immigration, or more specifically, immigrants, is more welcoming. Stop for debate. Thank you. The president has said many times that he feels they enrich the United States and make the nation stronger. Thank you, Sherlock. Thank you. There are several ways immigrants come to the U.S. as a refugee through programs that allow temporary legal status for certain migrants arriving from war-torn or places destroyed by natural disasters through visas and then applying for a green card at the borders where they come to ports of entry or cross illegally and ask for asylum. Right now, the administration is grappling with increasingly large numbers at the U.S.-Mexico border and a possible surge following the upcoming end of a COVID-era policy that allowed border officials to turn most migrants away. The Biden administration was using the policy to turn away increasing numbers of Venezuelans coming to the U.S.-Mexico border. And the U.S. cap on refugee emissions is also emissions. What is this, a gas tax? Samantha. Emissions. Oh, God. And the U.S. cap on refugee admissions is also up again to 125,000 following deep cuts in the previous administration. That number excludes the roughly 180,000 of Ukrainians and Afghans who came to the United States through a different path that moves more quickly than the traditional refugee program, but only allows for stays of up to two years. According to the White House, the task force will look at existing integration policies and programs and work to sharpen them and identify new key areas of need. Interesting. Yeah. And it just made me think we had the, our little TikTok about Biden, Biden's accomplishments and such. Mm, and then I made the baby. other one to that p- woman, Trumpian, who was like talking about all her concerns with Biden, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, what are your concerns? And then, of course, it was like literally couldn't be more classic. Gas prices, inflation, immigration, crime. And I think that was that made me. But yeah. And then I, I was like doing some research on what to say for the immigration of it all. Right. My answer was like, I saw on the White House website, he signed he signed 300 or something executive orders to address immigration. But it was like so vague. And mm. it was just like, I feel like there really hasn't been much done. Or at least like, I don't know. It's just interesting how this topic of immigration comes so in and out of the spotlight you know like sometimes it's all anyone can talk about and then sometimes nobody talks about it at all for months or a year or something but it's still a very very pertinent problem so it's just like so interesting the kind of like attention it gets because i I don't think it ever gets solved which 
can be blamed on a lot of different things. But I do think to the media attention end of it, it is weird because there is constantly something happening with it. And again, sometimes we hear all about it. Sometimes it's totally like radio silent. I think, well, not necessarily like with California, I guess, but like personally me not living in a border state or even anywhere close Mm -hmm. i mean that's just not picked up in terms of local news often well no see then we had what's his face sending migrants to new york so i don't know and that's why it's like especially from hmm. the republican side it really just seems to be another just like political attacking narrative talking point more than anything But then we have the Republicans like the last, I guess, mainstream solution was from Trump and building a wall, you know, which, by the way, Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona just apparently put a bunch of shipping containers on the border Mm -hmm. stacked. Did you see that stacked like two shipping containers, like two levels and just like made this like makeshift border wall with some like barbed wire on the top of it. It's just, you know, it's just him being a fucking... You know what that reminds me of? But the picture was shocking. You know, like when you go, like, paintballing and it's, like, all the whole course? It's giving, like, create your own course. Yeah, or, like, build a fort. Build a fort. (laughs) Build a fort. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's... And, if like, I highly suggest... Oh, my God, maybe you didn't get to build forts. Maybe you didn't get to build forts just, like, misses the days of building forts. I mean, I get it. Forts are fun, but... Yeah, but definitely go Google that right now. It's just like a really interesting picture of just literally shipping containers built as this border wall. It's just, it was interesting. Okay, well, next story is Mayor Karen Bass got sworn in to be mayor of LA this week. Or was it yesterday? Yeah, right? Sunday. I think it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sometime this weekend. So Karen Ruth Bass, a former physician's assistant who shattered glass ceilings with her rise to a leadership post in the California legislature and later a prominent spot in Congress, took a ceremonial oath of office on Sunday. Could have just read one sentence. Could have just get our answer (laughs) as mayor of Los Angeles. So Karen Bass is a progressive Democrat and the first woman and second black person to hold the city's top job will formally assume her duties Monday amid multiple crises in the nation's second most populous city. She was sworn in ceremonially by Vice President Kamala Harris, a longtime friend, former California Attorney General. The formal oath was administered privately by the city clerk. So Bass will be tasked with easing rising crime rates, restoring trust in the city hall shaken by racism and corruption scandals, and addressing the issue of over 40,000 people living in trash-strewn encampments or rusty RVs that have spread into virtually every neighborhood. Striking a tone of unity, Bass said the many arms of government must come together to confront homelessness. To move in a new direction, we, quote, must have a single strategy that brings together government, the private sector, and other stakeholders. And she said, if people link arms rather than point fingers, lives will be saved. She called that, quote, my mission as mayor. She also urged residents to become involved in city government, echoing John F. Kennedy's presidential inaugural address in which he said, ask not what your country can do for you, 
ask what you can do for your country. So she said, I call on the people of our city to not just dream of the LA we want, but to participate in making the dream come true. I love that little like just ode to pay attention to your local government, get involved. Mm -hmm. Bass, who is on President-elect Joe Biden's short list for vice president, claimed the post last month after overcoming more than $100 million in spending by rival Rick Caruso, who is a billionaire developer and Republican-turned-Democrat, who campaigned as a centrist and promised a strong emphasis on public safety. Caruso would have represented a turn to the political right for the heavily Democratic city. Bass swayed voters by arguing she would be a coalition builder to help heal a troubled city of nearly 4 million people. Just so crazy how big it is. Despite her close ties with the Democratic political community, she has described herself as a change agent who plans to declare a state of emergency on her first day in office to deal with homelessness, which I love that. She signaled a she signaled she will seek to marshal, quote, all the resources, all the skills, the knowledge, the talent of the city to get homeless people into housing. So big moment, a little local politics moment, but a one the whole nation will be watching for sure. I know I will. <laughs> totally. No, I think there's so much to look at here. I mean, obviously, like L.A., one of the biggest cities in the U.S., so that in and of itself. And that often sets trends, whether it's legislation or how people behave, which is why with the city council drama of earlier this year, that's like such a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal because it's like fucked up shit, but it's also because some of these bigger cities serve as the role models for other cities. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious, not just about the homelessness issue, obviously, that's top of mind, like what the solutions are there and what happens and how that progresses or doesn't or how long it takes to help all of these people that desperately need help, low affordable housing issues. But I'm also curious to see what happens with city council. I do know there's at least one special election for LA city council for 2023. So we'll keep you guys updated on what that looks like in terms of dates and who enters that race, et cetera. I just know that top line. But it's fun to watch. And I know that also one of the issues in this particular particular city, City of Angels, is that there are not enough city council people for the population. And I'm mm, curious yeah. if anything happens with that. Well, it's like during there's literally members of Congress who have tiny fractions of people to represent compared to some of these like city council people in LA. It's crazy. Which is so wild. Which goes to show how much power some of these city councilors mm-hmm. have. Totally. It's crazy. And yeah, I also, the state of emergency thing, I was just Googling because I don't know if SF has done that, which they obviously should. But I've always, I've been saying for a while too, like, I don't know why California state hasn't declared that. I don't mm. think they have, but it's just truly shocking some of the scenes you see here and how it's literally the number one issue on everyone's mind in the state. And it's like, why are there not states of emergency declared in LA now officially she's doing that, I think today, or she just did. And then, yeah, I don't think SF has done it. I think Governor Newsom should totally do it. I think they literally should bring Joe Biden to Skid Row and to the Tenderloin and be like, here's what's happening You know, like, it's just crazy that everyone, every single voter, every single citizen constituent cares the most about this issue. But like, 
it's just still not, I just don't think it's getting the urgency it needs, which is just so crazy. I also just think there's so much developer money because that's so much of the issue. It's like the number one in in California. So I feel like on both sides of the aisle, like I think that's bipartisan bullshit, right? Like both parties are getting tons and tons of money from these developers that are preventing areas from rezoning and therefore being Mm -hmm. able to build affordable housing or convert existing buildings, create creative solutions, lower the cost of housing by having more on the market because supply and demand. And like that's between it's, I mean, look, all of these issues are so intersectional, but it's then, okay, we need to raise also the minimum wage so people can still afford things. We also need to then, you know, have certain caps, like the one that was we were talking about last week in terms of is the word I'm looking for, like rental deposits and things like that. Like mm. there are so many elements of this. And I think it's interesting, like we could talk about this issue for so many reasons and so many layers, but there, in the context of New York, there's an account that's like New York problems. Shoot. It's one of those types of things, whatever does like a roundup. And a lot of them are like the classic things of like living in New York in terms of apartments. So there's always a package thief. Does the heat actually work? Probably not. You're going to burn yourself on your exposed pole. Like, (laughs) you know, the notes people leave each other about what to do about the cockroach problem or management sucks. They don't turn the heat on and like stuff like that. But it happens. Oh oh my God. My first apartment, I literally didn't have heat for two years. I, it was freezing. Like I can't, like, it's just classic. It's not okay, but it's classic where I'm going with this very long rant is that in and of itself, the fact that there's an entire account that can like constantly be churning out content of the ridiculous housing shit that people put up with goes to show how much money comes in from the developers and the landlords and the management companies that are preventing any change from happening because that's ridiculous. Like you can constantly be churning out this amount of content and it's really like happening every day. That's New York, right? And New York is obviously a different context than SF or LA, but overall cost of living issues and therefore affordable housing issues and therefore homelessness issues. They're not one in the same, but they're certainly sisters, brothers, et cetera. And yeah, you got to get that, that money. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many layers, so many tiers and like, there's not one solution. It's going to be like a hundred solutions for the hundreds of different tiers of this issue. And like, you need a state of emergency for that point totally. blank period but and that's wait one last thing too that is something that i would ask a candidate and also vote for or consider voting for a candidate with is if they said no i'm not taking any money from developers mm-hmm. and or project managers etc cetera, etc cetera. and let that also be a lesson to voting in primary elections mm-hmm. because that is a time for you to kick out incumbents on local and state and federal levels who have been funded by a lot of these lobbying groups, aka developers, big oil, big farming, whatever it is, and get in someone who is grassroots there to do the work because they want to do the work and will show up and do the work. So a lot of that can happen in primaries. And sometimes we forget about primaries, show up to the general, and it's like the same Democratic candidate that's been in there for decades. And then just a reoccurring cycle. So 
Anyways. Wait, I have one last thing and then I promise we'll move on to the story. Keep the rant going. The rant. This is more of just like an FYI and we'll put out a full list as we, you know, have all of the firmed up details in terms of the primaries, but there are also a lot of city council races this year. Definitely check your super, super local if you live in a town, not a major city. But like, for example, New York City has another freaking city council race because of redistricting. It'll go back to a normal cadence of terms in 2025. Anyways, there's that situation, Minneapolis, Chicago. There are Oh, Seattle. There's a lot of city council races this year. So while it might be 2023 and you're like, oh, wait, like we'll just be paying attention to races that are going to start campaigning in 2024. Eh, Wrong, 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 wrong. We we always say continue to pay attention, obviously, but just FYI, there's literal elections, not just like staying civically engaged from a issues touching base with your electeds way. This is also a, by the way, a lot of you are going to be voting again this year too. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for the soapbox. Thank you. Okay. Last story. Last wait, story. this is the last story, right? It is. Yeah, it is the it last is. story. I was like, wait a second. This story is dealing with none other than Arizona's Senator Kirsten Cinema and her switch from the Democratic Kirsten. Party. Did I did I not say that? Oh, she sounded like Kristen. Oh. But it's okay. I I always like they're just interchangeable to me at this point. They're kind of like like Aubrey and Audrey. Like I don't I'm just, I'm going to forget. How many, how many Audrey's and Audrey's do you know? Not many. I just, it's just one of those where I'm like, like Audrey Hepburn. Is it Audrey or Aubrey? I'm not sure. It has changed for me every day. I've never been confused about that, but now I'm going to be. <laughs> that's in my head. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Yeah, that's going to be a rent free, but no, I totally agree. I honestly, we're not alone in the Kristen, Kristen, like mess up. I see that all the time. New Wait, stories. You just, and- you see, it just sound like you said Kristen twice. Huh. Maybe it's just the way you say Kirsten. 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 That one sounded like Kirsten. Kirsten. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, long story short, she switched from the Democratic Party to being an independent. So that was the drama, the tea. There were so many freaking reactions out in the open. Let me tell you. So anyways, this won't change the balance of power in the Senate, but it could definitely affect her political fortunes back home. My personal personal take on this is that she is considering a run for president and she wants to run as an independent. And this has her avoid the primary and any, you know, dealings with if, say, Biden runs again. But that's my interpretation. Other people have had other interpretations of her running again in the Senate, also wanting to run as an independent so she doesn't get kicked in the primary by Lego if he decides to run. A lot of things, but generally speaking, I would say the tenor and the tone of people's reactions was that her move was incredibly selfish or mm-hmm. just not not done with yeah. cookies well, and spice and sugar and rainbows and butterflies. Well, well, let's get, yeah, we'll yeah, explain it. it. And then I have t- tons of thoughts as well. Okay. Cinema says she won't caucus with Senate Republicans, so Democrats will still hold the majority next year. And she's expected to continue casting most of her votes with Democrats while separating herself on certain issues. Nothing's going to change for me, Cinema declared in a video announcing her decision. Wow. How dramatic. <laughs> Made dramatic all the more by yours truly. Okay. What does it mean for the Senate? Not much. Democrats will still be in charge. Oh, God bless. And day-to-day operations won't change for Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Got it. 
Cinema is still holding her Democratic committee assignments, meaning she can't append the party structure too much. It is unclear exactly what the Senate's party balance will be, though, whether she'll still caucus with the Democrats, meaning she would be counted as one of their ranks. If she does, Democrats will have a 51-49 majority. If she doesn't, the balance would be 50-49. Cinema voting as an independent. Either way, Democrats will have a majority. Schumer said, we will maintain our new majority and committees, exercise our subpoena power, and be able to clear nominees without discharging votes. So that's that. What it means for the Democratic agenda. Again, it's unlikely that Cinema's move will change the party's path forward, especially now that Republicans will be in the House majority and the little legislation will move through Congress. Cinema has always voted in an independent manner, championing some party priorities such as same-sex marriage, which she was instrumental in negotiating before Senate passage last week, and opposing others such as a minimum wage increase. <laughs> I can't. The way I can't get through something without a comment. Jesus. Okay. She and Senator Joe Manchin helped water down much of President Joe Biden's social spending agenda in the first two years of his presidency. She has generally voted for Biden's executive and judicial nominations as well. Okay. So there's that. Now, according to AP, this is what it means for cinema. Then there's our opinions. Democrats are likely to put up a new candidate and put her in a three-way race for re-election 2024. Spicy. That is if she decides to run again. Voters will decide if they like her independent style modeled after the late Senator John McCain or if they would prefer to p- prefer a partisan on the right or left. My approach is rare in Washington and has upset partisans in both parties, she said. Mm. Uh, I just I think the presidential run, I would agree that it's giving it's giving right. presidential run for sure. The other thing is giving it's giving is pay me for my votes. <laughs> it's giving where are the donors, where are the lobbyists, and where are the checkbooks? And I am right in the middle and wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Just send me the check. It's also giving I do want the attention again. I know you made the little TikTok saying like, well, that's what everyone's been criticizing her for, but like her and Joe Manchin, the way they acted in the in the last Congress, both of them give. I want attention, and I want, I want lobbyist money to me. Okay, so I don't disagree, and I feel like the way I framed my TikTok, I was like, do I take this down? Because like I kind of disagree with what I said a little bit, like, or I just didn't frame it the way that I wanted. If that yeah. makes any sense, is basically what I said was that if this were a dude switching parties it would not she would not be getting she would be getting backlash which i didn't say that in that or like the dude would be getting backlash but not in this way that's like oh she's a narcissistic like selfish person or whatever it would be more like oh well they're really strategic or oh like they've really like you know what they're they're thinking ahead and i still agree with that in a lot of ways but i mean it more in like the framing i think someone would call joe mansion selfish i don't think they would call him narcissistic i think they would be like he likes the attention you know what i mean like i think the yeah. words would be softer i agree and also paired with like some words about how they're like a master the master strategist put out some decided to make a move that was considered rather selfish by some democrats as opposed to this narcissistic woman that just could not Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think making it like personality traits or making it personal to her is. And it might be. Look, she could be that way. I'm not 
sing. I think you it's more I mean? just she. It's really. I think it's very money driven for her Look, and power driven. It's and her career. She wants to make an impact in her way, and she wants to make the money doing it. And this is the strategy that gets her there. Well, we don't like that. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it. Oh. Well, I feel like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's not one of those careers where it's like, how can I, you know, continue to boost my salary? It's like, no, she's getting sneaky money from corrupt corporations. Oh. Um, No, I, I honestly like haven't been reading all of the articles. I saw it happened. I had my thoughts, but I wasn't like in all of the news, seeing the language that was being used to fully say my opinion on all of that. But it's just so clear to me that it's like, oh, Democrats get 51 in the Senate and she steps away so she can be the one that can be swayed and still have that attention on her, whether that attention and that attention can come in many in many ways. It can come in literal attention, media attention, power and money. And I think it's all of those things. And it's also setting up for her to make another power move, which is a potential run for president. Um, I so those are my thoughts. Also, I'll say two other things. And one was actually a comment by one of our followers on TikTok. And I just totally agreed with it because I, let me back up a step. One, I don't think it's always a bad thing when someone switches parties. I think if you, I say this in my TikTok, like if you find that there is a party that better aligns with you and your values and that switch makes sense for you or being affiliated a certain way, by all means. But what's weird here is the timing. And what our the commenter made or said was that the voters elected a Democrat. They didn't elect an independent. And to That's do this say. now in her while being in that position is like yeah. fucked up. They didn't it's elect that independent. And so no. I really think that that timing, I don't think that should be allowed, quite honestly. No, totally. If you elected a person representing a particular party, they need to serve their term as a part of that party. Yeah, and if then they, you can run again as then, an independent. And then decide to caucus, like say, say for example, you are elected as a Democrat and you're like, you know what? I actually think I'm more aligned with the Republicans. You could then caucus with the Republicans. That happens all the time in like New York state politics is notorious for this with people electing Democrats and then they actually caucus with the Republicans and people are super confused and no one knows about it. But like there's in terms of like party switches, like there's stuff that you could do even within that. But I think the switching of parties while you're elected as a particular representative within a party by those voters, that's fucked up. No, it's fucked up. This is what I think is lost on a lot of people. When thinking about politics, you're not electing someone to then go govern with their values. You're electing someone to go govern and represent your values as a constituent. So, yeah, it's like the main, yeah, the main conversation here should be around. Oh, I just hit my oh. shins so hard on my. Desk. I thought that was water. I thought that was. Oh water. no! I actually, my laptop is now on a raised little laptop stand so yeah that was one of my solves for that but i'm sorry but anyways sorry i'm getting heated about this no it's just like i think everything about it is wrong and again mostly because yeah your constituents chose you because you were supposed to represent a certain set of values and work a certain way and work with a certain set of people and you're now 
totally flipping the script on that without being reelected saying you're going to do that. And then on top of when you think of like, why are you doing that? It's so fucking obvious why. And I don't think those reasons why the ones I've listed already are genuine or representative in any way, shape or form. So no, this is gets a fat loser stamp from me. Yeah, I agree. Not a fan. And it all comes down to timing for me. Like I, like I said, like if she wanted to finish out her term and then decided she was going to run as an independent, then I would have my feelings and my thoughts too, but fine. But don't, don't do no. this bait and switch shit. This bait I and literally switch. would not care mm-hmm. whatsoever if she decided to run as an independent and gets elected and is now an independent in the Senate. Fuck yeah, that's great. The bait and you're, switch, that's what your, your voters wanted that. They reelected you for it. Fantastic. Good for you. That's great. Do it. I don't agree. I don't even disagree with being an independent. I think being an independent is right. a great thing as well. But it's the reasons and way and the way that she did this that is is big fat loser stamp. Yep. There it is. There it is, I folks. Loser, loser, double loser, as if whatever get the picture done. TBT to that. Well, those are your top stories of, of the week and all of our hot takes along with them. And we have another episode for you guys tomorrow. And we are talking all about media literacy and how to consume the news in a productive way. And it's a very, very important conversation. And especially one that we, when we go on other podcasts as guests, I feel like we are always asked like, how do you find good news? How do you combat misinformation? Like, we get all these these questions and we yet to really have an episode to dive into it with an actual expert. And we did that for you guys. So tomorrow. Tomorrow. We are talking with Ashley Edwards from the Google News team. And like Maddie said, we really get into all of that media literacy, Michigas. And it's one of those episodes that's just absolutely evergreen because there are so many tools that we talk about on the episode that you can use journalists can use but also especially you like share it with your friends and it is the most non-partisan episode i think we have ever done in our lives we'll see if we get through the intro Mm. recorded separately with well there was one thing i wanted to talk about today Regarding Marjorie Taylor Greene that oh, I tabled. Oh, I saw that last. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, well, unless we there's something else that happens, we might be having some words about Marjorie Taylor Greene and her obscene statements. Oh. Um, but yeah, I guess stay tuned. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow. So toodaloo. Toodles. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.